Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Cue the accordion. I've always wanted to say that. Kick back and get comfy while hosts Heather Wenig and her co-hosts from the Early Childhood Nerd Collective explore ways to cause and effect. Dig that funky accordion. Welcome to Cause and Effect. We're glad you're with us again. Um, Travis is dancing. I wish you could see it. (laughs) (laughs) This is Heather. (laughs) And we're doing another Travis, Tiffany, Heather three-way this morning. Well, it's morning while we're recording. Woo! Um, All right. Do you guys want to say anything before we jump in? Hi. (laughs) Good morning. Hey, how are (laughs) you? Okay, that was perfect. How's the hang? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I started reading a new book this week. Um... And it's called The Great Disconnect in Early Childhood Education, What We Know Versus What We Do by Michael Gramling. I've been waiting too long to read this. This has been in my list for too long. And it's really good. Yeah. It's another... Tell me about it because it's, it's one of those that's like sitting on the shelf. Yeah. It's, it's very matter of fact. It's very uh, real world of childcare. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm recording on a yoga ball right now. Practicing my hip swivel. (laughs) And I don't know what Travis is doing. He's just dancing. He's he's not really on a ball. Okay, so anyway, this is a really good book. Um, And should be required reading for anyone who works with young children, I think. It should go in the pile with The Culture of Childhood. Discovering the Culture of Childhood, right? Emily Plank? Yeah. It goes in that pile. And and Lisa It goes in the pile. It goes in that pile of required reading. And it's okay to go up the slide? Is that in your required reading plan? Yes, yeah. Well, yes, yes. Both of those. The It's okay to share or not to share and it's okay to go up the Yeah, side. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it's okay to do things. Right. It's, wow. par- it's part of the <laughs> curriculum at the Tiffany and Heather College where Travis yeah, is yeah. a frequent guest speaker. Is yep. he, uh, what's it called when you're like a visiting professor? I think it's called visiting professor. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> No, I, really I, ju- I just want there to be the Taggart scale. That's all I care about. <laughs> right. I don't need to speak. <laughs> the Taggart the scale Taggart for accrediting scale. early childhood program. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Like the back the test. Yes. But the yes. Taggart scale. I walk in. These kids look like they're having fun. <laughs> nope. No accreditation. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be much easier to prepare for. <laughs> than, than any of the other kinds I've worked with. Um, okay, so anyway. So five minutes into recording. Right. What's our quote for the day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the quote comes from a section of an early chapter, and the section is called Talking to Children Like People, which I loved immediately. I didn't even need to read the section once I read that heading. Um, but the quote that I chose, because that's what we do, is children learn best through authentic interactions with adults and through meaningful experiences with the real world. And then what I started thinking about after that was words we should just stop using in early childhood programs because there aren't that authentic interaction. Well, the first one that 
comes to mind immediately is friends. Yes. And every 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 one of us does it or has done it. I do it all the yeah. freaking time, and it drives me I drives me crazy every time I hear it come out of my mouth. Yeah. Do you do it, Travis? Do you say friends? Um, I've recently started replacing friends with nugs. <laughs> Short for nuggets. Um, I also call them Franks a lot, like beef Franks. Um. And then just, like, as a general, if somebody needs to get their stuff together, I'll say, get it together, Carol. <laughs> to the point where now the ki- this is now a commonplace thing in all the kids' vernacular, is that they'll, oh, uh, they're in an argument, they'll be like, get your stuff together, Carol. <laughs> it's more personal than friends, but not as personal as calling them by name. Right, right. And uh-huh. but sometimes you do have to just generally address the group. Right. And friends friends is like one of those things I think you earn, whereas Franks and Carol, you know <laughs> You can just it's be just a, yeah. it's just a loving loving nickname. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's that is the difference in my mind between just like, Okay, friends, yeah. here we go and like, hey friend, come here for a second. It's the difference between a term of endearment and just like a general blanket. Yeah. I definitely think that saying friends is a lot better than saying students or class. Students is or, also on my list of words we or, should stop or, using. Or children. Or children. Yeah. Come on, children. Let us gather. <laughs> Let us gather, children. Don't yeah. like it. Not a fan. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, so... I had a third grade teacher who called us all wombats. And like oh, each year she had a different cute. little animal that the class would be. So she would be like, come here, my little wombat. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Yeah. Well, you know what? But stuff like that, like wombats or Carol or nugs or whatever, I think that's co- that's community building. I really do. Yeah. Like that's that's creating creating a culture for that group that you're with, which I think is very important. But so often, friends is just teacher talk. That's what we think we should do, um, and it's not teaching kids anything about friendship or social skills. It's giving them really weird experience with the word friend but and a lot of times when i walk into a child care program the the way i hear the words friends is friends get off the wall (laughs) like that and that's that's not how i talk to my friends right exactly yeah (laughs) so so um but i one time when i was talking to a group i i was talking about you know challenging them to just stop saying friend um you know, especially like, oh, my friends, my friends, you hurt my friends when you do that. Um, but somebody in the, the, this guy in the group that I was talking to said, well, then what would we call them? Their name? <laughs> um, kids? Nugs? Carol? I mean, the, the possibilities <laughs> are open. Um so I don't I don't know why it's so hard to let go of or why that's so shocking for some people to hear that that's not an authentic interaction with children, but but it really is deeply embedded in the culture. What Tiff? Um, that was me raising my hand. I know that's I'm not why I said what. In. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people view using the word friend as an artificial community builder. Like, I see it as an artificial community builder, but they, they think... see it as I need to build community. Oh. Therefore, I will lump everyone into this group of friendship, which means I've built a community. Wipe my hands off because I'm done. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I can when see When they're that. missing the whole point, which is like, to build a community, you have to do things like Carol. <laughs> like that, that builds the community. It's That's not tough. artificially stamping a label on someone and then saying like, well, I said it, so it's true. Right, yeah. That's criteria 2.B.03 of the Taggart scale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I think it's also really important. Like, there are a lot of times where I see people use, like, these, a lot of nicknames or friend or something. Or It's even happened before when I say Carol, where a kid <laughs> will, like, assert themselves and be like, my name's not Carol. And then you have to respect that. Like, yeah. you have to, my name's not friend. My name's not Carol. My name's not Wombat. Like, uh, every once in a while, a kid will, like, yeah. be offended by c- being called something different, and then you have to respect that, and right. then you know from then on that that's what that kid wants. Right. And a lot of people act like stuff like that is too hard to remember. Like, I'm not going to be able to remember if Galen wants to be called Galen and not this. Like, no, you can remember it. Yeah. If you care about these people, you right. think you memorize all your friends on Facebook's names. Like, you can memorize all the children. <laughs> yeah. Our brains are very, very amazing things. They can do all uh-huh. kinds of stuff. I'm summarizing uh-huh. your whole field there, Travis. Our brains are amazing, <laughs> and they can do all kinds we, of stuff. Our brains are amazing, and we know nothing about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about um, student now as a word we should stop using, because that came up already. One of you said student. Um, that That's one for me that I feel like is sort of... Um, well, there's a couple reasons why I think we should stop using student. Um, one is because it's too reflective of the academic pushdown for me. Um, yeah. And that teacher game that we try to play because of our the pressure we feel from the academic pushdown. But I also think, I think this goes back to having discovered Jim Greenman's work and writing very early in my career. And he talked a lot about avoiding institutional tendencies and things that contribute to dehumanizing and I think student kind of does that for me it, it sort of turns them into an object instead of a person yeah not to it bring it down a, <laughs> it's it sets up a hierarchy yeah. just words like that yeah. set up an like an inherent hierarchy <laughs> um I mean there's a reason that we come up with creative names for student in like the older years like, they'll call them a community of learners for a lot of colleges. Like, they don't call them students and teachers because it's it sets up a weird hierarchy and they want people to be on a little bit more of a level playing field because we know that if you feel like you're on more of a level playing field, you are able to succeed more because you're not always turning to somebody to ask permission or ask what comes next and all that stuff. So And you're willing to take more risks. Yeah, yeah. You're willing to be wrong because yeah. not, there's not a hierarchy involved where someone's going to shut you down for being wrong. And, yeah. and are those things important even if you're only three years old? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and I think it's a lot more important, like we talk about people wanting to play school all the time, so even if it didn't matter to a three-year-old, it does matter to how we conceptualize the three-year-old how we view that that three-year-old from then on because if we have this idea oh no travis froze up oh dear oh dear we'll have to continue without (laughs) oh travis what happened (laughs) stop 
stop streaming Netflix right now, Travis. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to pause the recording. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.